The podcast is intended for an older audience, 21 and up. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed on this broadcast are those of the host and are for entertainment purposes. Our motto is to have good old girl talk. This is a non-judgment zone. Welcome to the OG Podcast, where we talk about all things girls, giggles, guys, the gift of great friendship, growth, and the goodness of being a woman. Thank you for being a part of the journey as we share stories of help, heartache, headaches, and healing. The OGs, where we are women of strength. We go. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the OG Pod. We are back for another fire episode. I know y'all missed us like we missed you guys, but we're back for another hot episode with a lot of hot topics that we're going to get into today, especially dick and a damn headache. Hey, sis. Hey. Hey, good morning. I mean, like, it is the morning time, honey. It's early. It's early. It's cool. It's a beautiful day. It's though. crisp. A cloudless mm-hmm. sky. Birds are chirping. Yes. Bees are buzzing, yes. which means spring has sprung. It's every season, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's birthday is on the cusp. So two weeks, baby. Coming a- through April third. The angels sung a lighter tune that morning. They sung longer, and God released me on April third into. So she could stop being ratchet out here in them streets in 1987. Okay, 87. So. When I was in the second grade. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you know what? It's beautiful outside. I like yesterday I was outside all day. Matter of fact, the last two days. I love it when the weather is like perfect. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. This is like perfect, you know, good hair weather and just outside enjoying the blessing of God because we have trenches a little while between COVID and the Texas snowstorm. I was like, thank you, God, for at least allowing us to enjoy some beautiful weather before it just get deathly hot here in Texas. Amen. 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 So, you know, how are you, sis? Let's get into the basic catch up before we enter into dive into all these various topics that have happened since the last time we had an episode i'm yet holding and still (laughs) (laughs) that's the best uh best way to describe uh how i'm doing i am holding and i'm still here Mm -hmm. um nothing major has happened but a covid shot um you know okay (laughs) my money was gonna be you know threatened so I had to go on and get in the line to get a shot, you know. But, yes. Uh, I guess I'm doing my part, you know, whatever. Oh, well, that's good. You I'm know, glad. this is what I'm going to say. Glad. Can I say this? Can I say this? Say, speak your mind. Listen, this is I'm about podcast. to speak my mind. Yeah. When black people start showing their records, listen, I am so tired of people getting on social media showing their records. That's great. What I need you to show is your criminal. Uh-huh. I need you to show that STD. Mm. Right. That's the 
the records that really matter to a woman. You understand? Show your show your credit score. Show them credit show score. Credit show score. them real records, mm-hmm. right? Like I know you. Everybody want to show their shot records. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you're showing that shot record, but let's show that real health record. That's the one we really <laughs> want to see. If you got in pull, pull, pull that pull that county card. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want to pull that county card. Okay, mm-hmm. wherever county you point. live in. You know, we here in Houston, so you could say pull that Harris County card, but for everybody else listening, that's, you know, go to the county and pull that shot record. Let's see what you have had to take. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how clean you really are. Let's see your health, Let's see. Your health Let's record. See. Mm-hmm. You know, people on social media, everybody's just so trendy. Everybody wants to show that they've been COVID vaccinated, and I think that's amazing. I think that's awesome, but you're damn right. Like, the next time you go down to jail, Let's show. Let's see that record. You been there? Are you a repeat offender? Let's see all the records. Matter of fact, yeah, they don't want to show that. They just want to show that show that that COVID card. No, COVID vaccinated. I show some real records. But you ain't been vaccinated for nothing else. You still (laughs) dripping down there. (laughs) COVID. COVID shot don't stop the drip drip. Okay. That's okay? why well, I'm trying to tell Mm-mm. you. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it's too early to be acting a fool. But <laughs> I'm glad you got your COVID shot. I was out doing some community outreach yesterday with the good organization. Um, you know, going into third ward community here in Houston because uh, the problem is is that you know the elderly are not able to get to uh, you know, Harris County and the Texas Medical Center to get their vaccination. And that's very important that elderly and people with comorbidities are vaccinated because of course, COVID is on attack in the black and minority community. So we were doing some outreach yesterday, getting people signed up for appointments, making sure that, that we had, um, you know, services and bus services and all of that, um, pushing that initiative to get the elderly and people who are not able, you know, to, have vehicles to transport them here and there to get to Harris County to get their vaccination. So I would say to anybody who's listening, this is not a Tuskegee Airmen type situation. I know one of the guys, one of the old men yesterday, he was like, y'all not going to be putting no stick in my damn arm. If I've lived through, what did he say? If I've lived through Tuskegee and all other bullshit, he said, I don't need no damn vaccination. I said, well, sir, I can't argue facts, brother. Listen, I was really hesitant about it, um, you know, but my school nurse kind of educated me a little bit that this Mm -hmm. has been going on for 20 years. Of course, we know Corona is not new. Uh, It's we just hadn't heard of it, but it's been presented in SARS and other, you know, Mm -hmm. diseases uh, that have crippled our globe at one point or another. But um, so she was saying that they've been trying to work on the vaccine and, you know, this has been ongoing and she rest assured me because I, I listen, I am part of that community, just like the elderly that know mm-hmm. that healthcare was not really designed to help us, you know, and right. so it took me a while. Um, you know, people will, I, I see I have no mask, you know, by the grace of Jesus, I have been, you know, covered and protected and I pray mm-hmm. that he continues to do the same but I, when you start talking about my money it come money already funny <laughs> change already strange you know I was like well I mean if, <laughs> if you start threatening my money then hey yes 
Yeah, it's important. You know, I'm an advocate of I'm an advocate of balance in healthcare and educating, especially uh, the minority community on the healthcare initiatives that most affect us. And because COVID, and I've seen, you know, with my own two eyes, how it has ravaged families and torn apart families in the Black and minority community. I am standing strong in the initiative to push people to get vaccinated, you know, so I'm glad you got vaccinated, even if you didn't really want to. And even in the conversation with that elderly gentleman yesterday, he finally signed up to get vaccinated after we had a long discussion about, you know, him being a war vet and, you know, what the implications are of getting the Pfizer or, you know, the different variations of shot and what, you know, all the things that you need to understand before you allow anybody to vaccinate you. And that just goes for anything. I told him, I said, are you on any type of medication? Yes. I said, well, did you do research about the medication you're on? No, it's just what the doctor told me to take. Okay, then. So here we are giving you education about this, but you're on a host of medication that you don't even know where it's researched from or FDA. So those are the type of conversations we have to continue to have to empower the communities that we live in to make sure we are vaccinated so we can continue to live a healthy life and have hot girl summers. Hot girl summer is on the brink. Yes. So (laughs) moving right along because we have a lot to discuss today. Um, Woo. Okay. I'm going to bring this up. I know this is a very hot button topic, but I think um, because we have a platform we should discuss this because you are a mother, because I am a daughter. Um, We have to, I think, discuss this with our OGs, Kerr Franklin and his relationship with his son, Kirion, and the media spin and the involvement and all of the debacle that has taken place right in front of our eyes on social media with his son and him. First of all, let me be clear by saying this. I didn't even know Kirk Franklin had a son, let alone his other cheering that he has because I was never focused on his family. I was just always focused on the music. You know, that's all I needed from Kurt was some melody, some heaven, some stone. You know, like we were talking about the other day, my jam that I listen to every morning. I don't want to love nobody but you. But it is, um, it is, it's kind of gut-wrenching and sad at the same time to look at a man who is very much so a high-profile celebrity who's in the gospel and Christian community, that's that, mm-hmm. and in a, in a struggle with his son who seems to, as I've been reading and following the story, who seems to have some mental health issues, but also they have this tumultuous relationship that, as Kirk said, has been going on for the what 20 years of his life and it's gotten more aggressive their relationship has become more aggressive um over the years that he's gotten older so I wanted to bring this up because like I said I'm a daughter you're a daughter but you're also a mother Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of there are a lot of layers that we could kind of break down from just the things we've read from Kurt Franklin's relationship with his son he described it as toxic turbulent and challenging and I was like, wow, those are three huge words to describe a relationship with you and your seed. What's your thoughts about it? Well, let me say this. Can't nobody hurt you like your children. Mm-hmm. The end. 
Um, and you have to walk in that shoe to understand those words that I am saying. Um, mm -hmm. It hurts when you give birth to something and you are at odds. First of all, let me say this. He's 33 years old. But parenting never stops. Okay. Facts. Mm -hmm. And when we speak harshly to our children, again, it's historical. Mm -hmm. We would talk too crazy, so we think it's okay to talk to our kids crazy. Our parents mm -hmm. would probably talk too crazy. Their parents, it is historical. I, I say mm -hmm. this all the time. The black family is have suffered and gone through drama and trauma since the time we have stepped foot on this continent, right? Mm -hmm. So we parent how we were parented. Mm -hmm. Got Got me? Does it make gotcha. it right or wrong? No. But if that's all you know, then that's all you know. Mm -hmm. Now, going forward, I'm pretty sure he will deliver his speech in a um, more loving tone. But I'm mm. going to say this. What kid sits up and records a conversation with their parent is somebody that's searching for and looking for attention. Mm -hmm. I, in my 40-something years, have never, and my mama and daddy have both said some foul and fucked up shit to me, <laughs> but I have mm -hmm. never recorded their conversation to play back and see, see y'all, see, this this, yeah. this raised me. I've never done yes. it. I'm, mm -hmm. I, because even, we all have come short, and I still, I'm still rock with Kirk. Because see what that yeah. tells me is Kirk is human. And 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 we have placed these people that are in these celebrity limelights on pedestals. They are humans. They put on a drawers just like we do. They eat at a table mm -hmm. just like we do. They have their own daily struggles just like they do, like we do. Yeah. And so what it should have told the public is, man, this man is just like I just like I cuss my kid out. That man cuss his kid out. <laughs> that doesn't make him any vile. less Christian. Mm -hmm. it makes him very more human yeah you're right we you're right all about that. fall short we all listen yeah. I fall short I fell, I fell short just yesterday but the thing mm -hmm. about God is that he gives us grace for each and every day to push through you know some people say you cuss like uh, <laughs> okay but that doesn't <laughs> say that I don't love God because right. see and here this is another reason how I know society as a whole don't read the good book when you mm -hmm. read the good book he came to say people like Kirk they there is not a when I think about who he saved like on the road you know to Damascus I think about Paul Paul like you just right. gotta read you just gotta read the Bible and when people mm -hmm. read the Bible they'll see it's a whole lot of Charlie Marcos it's a whole mm -hmm. lot of Kirk Franklin's it's a whole lot of Quays it's a mm -hmm. whole lot of people that live in he likes to say the imperfect so you can tell about a perfect God and that's, right. on, and that's on silver and gold silver <laughs> and gold that's on my silver and gold you understand what I'm saying Yes. So I wanted to bring up a few things about that conversation. Um, one, the conversation I, I did, of course, you know, I had to do my digging so we can get all the facts, the actuals and factuals. So anytime that Kirion, who is Kurt Franklin's son and him have a conversation, there is always a counselor present. 
when when they spoke about counseling as far as Kirion's concerned, it's always been um, his counseling has been mainly what they said, spiritual counseling. And if you in the church, you know, that means you, the pastor and your family sit down and try to, you know, diffuse whatever issues, but not necessarily any like psychotherapy or, you know, from a professional outside of the, the church community. Um, also, the conversation was an hour long, I think, conversation um, that they were having together. And Kirion took a 60 second clip of it and aired it. So we didn't hear the whole entire conversation. At the end mm -hmm. of the conversation, there was an apology given from the both of them. So, you know, when this 60 second clip got aired, I think it kind of took Kurt Franklin and his family by surprise. There's also been allegations where there was a leaked um, audio from I guess when Kirion was in the studio and he was talking to some friends because Kirion is in the industry. He's been in the industry all of his life. Matter of fact, he is on two of Kurt Franklin's album, I think Rebirth and the one is after Rebirth. Um, he was in the studio talking to some friends and they were kind of trolling him playing his father's music in the background. And this is allegedly Kirion saying, why y'all playing my uh, molester's music? And this came after his mom, Shannon Ewing, went on a podcast and spoke about, you know, the tumultuous relationship between her son and Kurt and how they have, you know, tried to be in therapy and support him through his um, many issues. Now, the other side of that, what I heard her saying when she was on the podcast, and I'm saying her as in Kirion's mom, Kirion's mom. Because the world did not know that. The world did uh, not know that Tammy is not his mother. Outside of right, him, him yes. and Tammy. Mm -hmm. So when she was on there, you know, she was speaking about it and she was saying that Kirion has struggled with some things. They never said what things are over the past, you know, 20 years of his life. He has not been sticking to his regiment that he was placed on through therapy and you know anybody who's been to therapy are you placed on any regiment therapy is a continuous conversation you stop and start all the time until you kind of get it right it's a hard process you know and it's a hard mental illness is also working through the mental illness that whatever he has or anybody that struggle with with mental illness it's a hard process you you are inconsistent with your therapy treatment and inconsistent a lot of times with adhering to your protocol it is a battle of of self so i heard that when Shannon Ewan, which is Carrie Ann's mother, speaking about her son. And the deeper issue that I, she said has been going on since he was a teenager. So this kind of toxic level of uh, relationship with Kirk and his son, we spoke about in the last episode. If you want to know where your trauma come from, look at your family history. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look down your family line. The way yep. that Kirk sp spoke to his son, I'm pretty sure somebody in Kirk's family spoke Again, to Kirk it's like historical. It's historical, it right? Trauma runs deep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Trauma runs yeah, deep. And, and it doesn't make it right. Like I said, no, does it make it wrong? No, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't know how long that's been stewing. We just right. saw the, or heard the clip. We don't know mm -hmm. how long they've had this issue. And sometimes you boil up. If it's, they said since he was 13, so for right. 20 years, this has been stewing, you know? Well, this and has we been know the that Kirk suffers from his demons. We know right. that. 
We know that. That is not, these has suffered with porn, addiction, and mm-hmm. we know. So, you know, but what that says is maybe Kirk needs to, you know, maybe step back and go into counseling himself Himself, away from his son Mm -hmm. so he can work out those demons right right I think I said when I was listening to what I said Kurt Franklin speaking to his son in this manner is this was this is my personal opinion if you will speak to your son in that manner, your son is not the only person that you speak to in that manner. Um, because the way that those cuss words rolled off his tongue, you bitch ass nigga, I will put my foot so far up your ass with your broke ass. Like this ain't, <laughs> this ain't the only person that you talk to like this. This is just the time where, as we've been saying, because 2020 and 2021 is just so ghetto. This is the year of exposure where people are just really being exposed for their true character. And it's okay. I still love and support Kurt. But if you're talking to your own seed like that, you talk to other people like that. It's just if you treat your son, regardless of his issues, if you treat your own child in that manner and speak to them, it's not the only person that you've called a bitch ass nigga and said some, you know, foul words to you just a, you a cussing saint. But if you, you know, in your platform, you write this, he that is something that he probably needs to work on. And maybe the only way for God to expose that to him was to air it out to do it yeah. to see, mm-hmm. you know, because when our dirty laundry gets mm-hmm. aired, either you mm-hmm. can a, you know, grab it off the line and throw it in the basket and throw it, you know, in a closet. Or mm-hmm. you can just take it and wash it. And I, you know, I pray. I see that he's doing the media tour because, see, you know, we know that's the story too. You know, yep. what the devil meant for evil, God will turn around for the good. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I see that he's doing a media tour behind it. But outside of the tour, I hope he is actually getting the help that he needs um, as yes. well. Outside of Bishop T.D. Jakes. Because, it's it, you know, it's one thing sis, Listen, to go to I, a, a pastor. Listen, okay. don't, I'm I'm from Dallas, honey. Don't, I, I, and I actually, I I, I actually before Woo. Kirk became Kirk Franklin, that everybody mm-hmm. knows. I actually know Kirk. Um, we used to go to Fort Worth. Our church churches used to remember back in the day when churches used to go to other churches. Oh yeah, sing we used to visit each other. And, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. he was over That's the good. youth choir, and um, I was in the youth choir at my church, and we actually did a recording. My church and his church with God's mm. property did a recording to send to Oprah. Like okay. I, so when I first of all, you know, he's from Fort Worth. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's also environmental how you cuss, you know, like yeah, because I can string it. You, you, I, mm-hmm. I can string it. I can string it. And make you say, "Woo!" Right? <laughs> um, again, but yes, your environment, uh, our environments, yeah. our you know historical background, it all plays a part in who we are. I can you change it? That's what I'm working on. I am changing. I mm-hmm. am trying to break the generational curse. Mm-hmm. I am trying to change the narrative because I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so if Kirk don't like it, he got to change the narrative. He didn't like it until he was exposed. He you didn't, know what I'm saying? It, it when, take, you, when, you that, when you that powerful, sis, sometimes 
you you too big for anybody to tell you about yourself you know so now that you're exposed on a public platform it's like oh okay like i always say god has a way of bringing all of us to our knees because sometimes right, we just all get too big for our to damn your knees. you be so flat you be partial you he has brought me down to my belly okay like <laughs> low 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 come on, Kroger, come, on. <laughs> Yo, come on okay prostrate yes like, indeed cried, ugly Lance you know because there are levels to tears and cries mm -hmm. you know like there's levels mm -hmm. i can always tell when you are like you hurt. Yeah. You cry differently when you hurt. You do. Your face gets swollen when you hurt. Mm -hmm. When you do that cute cry, you know, can dap and then you still look normal. But <laughs> what God can bring you down to that hurt. That ugly, yes, he can. That yes, ugly. he can. It's only for your highest <laughs> good, though. You have to expose it, get it out, and, you know, go on up to the top with it. Because if Kurt is going at the level that he is and he has the following of so many people, you know, that are listening to God's, hearing God's word because of Kurt Franklin, there's just place in your ministry that you cannot be. But we, like you said, we see in the Bible with all God's saints, you know, all of his chosen people have had to lay at their own feet with their own demons before he lifted it, lifted them higher. So Kurt ain't no different. None of us are any different. You When you guys chose the people. Listen, we, it, I, I, my mama, it's, it's in the Bible too. There's nothing new under the sun. Not one single that, thing. That is a Bible verse. There is nothing new under the sun. Yes. So everything that we see in 2021 has already transpired many eons ago, right? And so <laughs> right. many eons, okay? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so what that tells me is that that's another reason why it came. He needed to he needed to see what we were going through. We up on this season of Easter, about to go into Passover, but yep. he just needed to see what mm -hmm. we were going through. Yeah. Because he came to give his life for one reason. And I think it was to see the transgressions. And yeah. we all fall short. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Kirk has asked for forgiveness. So again, it ain't it ain't even me to judge. Because no. if you if my son could tell you, oh yeah, because I've been called out on some things, a transparent moment mm -hmm. on how I parented, you know, and, and I look back now and some things that I've said to my son actually brings me to tears, but I mm. thank God that he forgives me. He upstairs, yeah. my son in the bed. And I thank God that God forgives me, you know, Amen. and that, that was, a, that was a transparent moment, you know, cause as parents, we don't like it when we're wrong. Right. You know? Right. Um, and mm -hmm. I've said some things. And I've mm. done some things that mm -hmm. I'm not proud of. Right. But counseling mm. has helped me to realize mm -hmm. it's my baggage. Mm. It's my baggage that I placed upon my child, my helpless mm. child, who couldn't do anything about it. And Kirk's son probably can't do anything about because he's still young trying to process what he's going through. What he's going through, yeah. But it, I yeah. can't. I'm the adult. Mm -hmm. And it starts with me. Change mm -hmm. always starts with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being transparent on a Sunday. Um, we're going to move on from that because we could really stay on Kurt Franklin for the whole damn episode of him and his son and the black family. We just have to continue to keep doing the work. We've talked about this. Generational curses are hard to break. The trauma of our ancestors that have been passed down from generation to generation, we 
have to continue to do the work, okay? And it is the charge of us, it's the charge of our children, it's the charge of each and every one of us to clear the traumatic past of our ancestors. So, yeah, y'all, keep working. This ain't just Kirk's family. This is everybody's family. It ain't just a Black family. It's all family. So, it's just stuff we got to go through. All right. Well, next on the docket... Woo, it's another ghetto. You know, 2021, sis, it's just ghetto as hell. It just really is. Uh, switching over to the talk with Sharon Bat Eden. I like to call her Bat Eden because her and her husband over there, they like to eat bats, um, chew the heads off bats. That's the real thing. You can Google it. Um, on Wednesday, March 10th, Sharon Osborne and Cheryl Underwood got into a heated exchange over Sharon Osborne's longtime friend and British commentator, Pierce Morgan. After Cheryl questioned um, her defense of Pierce Morgan about Meghan Markle. So just a little background about all of this, because it's in the media. Pierce Morgan is a British commentator on Good Morning Britain, I believe. And he is a very extremely outspoken white man. He's a male chauvinist who likes to criticize young celebrity women. He's also the commentator for the royal family over in Britain. And um, he always has had a um, interesting, well, he's always had interesting comments to make about Meghan Markle. After Meghan Markle, I think there was a, they were supposed to meet many years ago to have a dinner when she first became a royal and she ended up not coming or something happened. And ever since then, he's felt some type of way about it because I think she heard some things that he was saying about her and blase, blase. So when this, when the interview between Meghan Markle and, um, and her husband and um, Oprah aired, took to the talk and, Sharon Osborne got on Twitter and started defending Pierce Morgan because people were calling him a racist. And it came, this is how the conversation steered on the talk. So in my thoughts about having this discussion, I wanted to open this up by explaining to the listeners what white fragility is. I read a book a few years ago by Robin D'Angelo, and I encourage anybody, especially black people and white people too, to read White Fragility. Um, it's defined as such because a lot of people don't when I say white fragility or when you hear people talk about it a lot of people don't understand what that term refers to which will give context of this conversation it refers to the feeling of discomfort a white person experiences when they witness discussions around racial inequality and injustice for example it could be a black person um, we often have to have difficult conversations about privilege and superiority with white people same as we saw on the talk and white people tend to get defensive they tend to uh, try to dominate the conversation. White fragility comes across as anger, fear, guilt, silence, or being passive aggressive or weaponizing their feelings to manipulate the conversation. Exactly what Cheryl Osborne did to, uh, I mean, Sharon Osborne did to Cheryl Underwood on the talk. Mm-hmm. So, in having that, you know, I just wanted to give some basis as we kind of work through this conversation. So, sis, what were your thoughts about what you saw between uh, Sharon Osborne? and Cheryl Underwood on the talk in that conversation? Well, um, you know, being an African-American woman that has worked in, you know, an industry that is basically, um, (laughs) that was basically made for the Caucasian persuasion, um, Mm -hmm. I got it when she said, don't start that those tears now, or when she referred to, because as, 
I think we think that tears, I do it too. And it's that because mm-hmm. we're very passionate about what we mm-hmm. speak about. It's not that I'm scared of you. Is that I'm just passionate about what I'm saying. And for her to call her her friend, Sharon should have saw that, wait, I'm saying something that's bringing hurt to my friend. Mm-hmm. And we're friends. We should be able to have a conversation. Well, when they try to go to break, Sharon was so on fire. <laughs> she was, couldn't even she? come down. And then when they went to break, right? Because mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, done internships at radio stations as well as television stations. When you go to break, you're supposed to quiet down. <laughs> um, and when you back from break, and we're back. But mm-hmm. it was like when we're back in five, four, like because they, they count it down for you if, if you're on the set. We're mm-hmm. coming back in five, four, three, two. Well, Sharon must have said, bump that count. Because when they came back, <laughs> she got out of. She was still on ten. She was lit. Yes, she and was. <laughs> it was like you are defending a man who has actually it's been proven mm-hmm. that he cannot stand Meghan Markle, and they were having a conversation. It started off about Meghan Markle being black. And right. I understand she doesn't look black, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the beautiful thing about our heritage. We actually come in all shades, Sharon. Yes, we, we come from vanilla with green eyes, the juju mm-hmm. black with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. The Aboriginal people are the most beautiful people to me, right? Mm-hmm. They black. And so I think that for Sharon, it's like, no, we can dog her out. This is what I got. You mm-hmm. can dog her out because, yeah, she looks white. She doesn't right. look black. But the reality is, and that's 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 just the reality. One drop, one drop, one dollop, one little bit, <laughs> it makes you African American. And I, I granted that her mother is definitely from the tribe. And mm-hmm. I understand what Sharon sees, but the reality is Megan is African american whether she relates to it checks it on her you know um, governmental documents but that's one reason why the royals did not accept her not because of how she looked and i think that whole situation because i've been to the uk i've actually Mm -hmm. been to buckingham palace and I posted this video on my personal Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. a regal place. And if you get out of line, they got something for you, right? It's very stern. The guards stand. You could say, let me take a picture. Oh, look at you. They won't even, they don't even look down at you. They look mm-hmm. past you. They look through you. It's a very, um, you could feel the royalty. Will you go get your pounds and exchange your money? Hell, the queen is on the damn face. So where can you go to get help? Where can you go when mm-hmm. Harry's grandma is on the face? Not not the, the past monarchs. She is. She. I actually put the picture up. I might have to give it to you, sis, so you can put it on the OG page. Mm-hmm. When I say it's nowhere to go, they run it. And, and here's the other thing. We know. We yep. know. 
Exactly. We know that the Raws are a, 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 a supremacist. We know that. You don't yeah. have to get, And they just didn't know how to accept it. And the part that hurts me the most is, I know we're talking about Sharon, but it all started because of that interview. And it all started because she's African-American. Exactly. But when they said that, you know, they wouldn't take pictures, the, the wall picture, when she first gave birth, every family, they all have done it. Mm-hmm. But Archie is the only one in history that did not get that picture to present him to society because of the color, the fear, uh, yeah. the fear. Yeah. And like you said, it's fear, the mm-hmm. fear of the color of his skin that broke me. Yeah. So I understand, even though Cheryl doesn't personally know Megan, I feel like she was going to bat for her because you just got to have some people in your corner to get it. And Cheryl gets it because she's in Hollywood trying to get it herself. So I, I understand why she was trying to defend that whole situation. She's in media and she is black. So I get it. I mean, yeah, but the reality of it was that the conversation didn't even spin to Meghan Markle. It was Pierce Morgan because Sharon Osbourne took to Twitter and started defending Pierce Morgan about his, you know, uh, comment yes. that he made about Meghan Markle saying that she comm- she contemplated suicide. And when she went to the royal family to ask for assistance, nobody would help her. And Pierce Morgan said his statement was basically saying, well, who did you go to? What did they say to you? I'm sorry. I don't believe a word that she said. I wouldn't believe her if she was if she was reading me a, a weather report. And people were like, what what are you talking about and they you know when he was charged up about it on the show from his other colleagues he got mad and walked off oh, from, uh-huh. from the from the comment but the reality of it is is that white women always tend to weaponize their you know their whiteness by tears and Sharon Osbourne then she was yelling and screaming she was hostile with Cheryl Underwood and the reality of it is being a black woman if Cheryl would have came back and checked her on the checked show her. it would have shifted yeah you know it would have shifted narrative. the narrative to Cheryl mm-hmm. being uh, you know Cheryl being painted as an angry black woman and Sharon Osbourne was even dropping elf bombs to Cheryl while she was talking about her trying to provoke Cheryl to me to leverage the conversation of pushing white fragility and the white woman oh woe is me conversation it pissed me off because I'm so black and I work in corporate America in a place where I have to manage white fragility all the damn time more importantly let me be clear when I say this it is not black people's uh, responsibility to educate you on racist shit. It's not our responsibility to educate you on white fragility. It's not our responsibility to make you feel okay when we have to have uncomfortable conversations about historically, uh, about his uh, history of the royal family and racism and slavery and the way that they have pillaged and sat and, and um, you know, savage Africa with their money and greed for many generations and how black men and black people have never been accepted in the royal family and that is not our fight to there is not our fight to have to tell white people where to go get education about our story racism like i say all the time is not a black issue burden that we carry because white people haven't been educated and their generational curse hasn't been broken down about the superiority complex that they feel toward black power So it pissed me off. The whole thing pissed me off because what I saw was a black woman 
having to bow down in a sense to save her own job against Sharon Osbourne, who has consistently incited racial conversations on the show. She's called Holly Peak Ghetto and got her kicked off the show. She called the other chick, uh, I forgot her name, the one that was from um, Roseanne's show. She called her a and all this for being a gay woman. Like the narrative of having to deal with white fragility and now Hollywood and HR and all these people are just now getting on the talk and dealing with Sharon Osbourne and doing an investigation. That is an issue upon white America as we deal with corporate America all the time. Where do black people go? You know, when we need help in corporate America, we don't have that. So yes, we have to protect each other. We don't don't have have that protection. protection. We always have to hold our breath or we can't be passionate or we have to, you know, ease out our words. Because if you watch uh, Cheryl's body language on the the talk that day, she had to hold back. She couldn't be, she couldn't say what she wanted to say. I think she was startled. I think when I looked at her, like that that face that she gave, like I, I think she was like, you know, I think she was startled because she really thought at the end of the day, this is my friend. That she's not a friend. And I don't know why Cheryl Underwood feels that way. I don't know why. Because she gave her the opportunity. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 I've been a part of Cheryl's little journey when she was on BET Comic View. BET Comic View and the talk mm-hmm. is two different sure levels. Is. The paychecks look yes. very different. And a, a lot of times we make decisions based off of paychecks mm-hmm. you know i don't want to say nothing to them to the boss yeah. because I, I like getting paid you know and it, it was at when she looked at her it was like wait a minute you know i think she was just taken aback really and then when we are taken aback sometimes the words don't come until later you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they just don't come out right now because we're still like processing like what what you know and and i think that's why it it just caught her it stunned her it just caught her i just think if i would say my critique to cheryl underwood you cannot ask a question and not give education because what cheryl what cheryl did not do was let because what she should have done was let sharon osborne know how pierce morgan is a racist that was the only thing she should have did right then and there you can't give a context without giving premise to why you're calling him this tell the people tell, tell the people Wait, she know she know but she was acting and, like and she didn't know. british herself she's british herself so what it is really exposed to is it exposed yeah. so she knows they had personal conversations on the phone at each other's house at each other's gatherings she knows they don't have to have that conversation you know your damn friend we are not here to keep to you say we we this whole mindset of black people having to put on a, a captain saber white person to save their little fragile egos from white supremacy and the ignorance of their generational lack of knowledge about how they have literally uh, pillaged and, and, and raped and ripped apart the black family I'm not here for it in 2021. I'm not here for the tears. I'm not here for it. Please educate me. We got books. We have history beyond. So I shit, shit. So join the truth. I am a woman. I encourage any white woman to read that book because that lets you know right there when she went to the women's suffrage movement to to educate them on the plight of the black woman. They didn't want so the truth there to 
uh, them on black issues. They wanted her there to make their march look good for them, a bunch of white women. So we really want to get into a discussion of oh, educating white people it, it, on, on black issues. Read, read. Read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Read Frederick, the, like read the slave narrative. It's so many books about the what white people have done to cause devastation and 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 break up the black family in America and and racial injustices. Why we still having to deal with this shit today? So I I just wasn't here for it. It it really upset me in a lot of different ways because as a black woman who have to who who works with white people and white fragility all the time, it it's it gets on my nerves. So yeah, that was a thing I saw with the talk. And um, I'm glad that I think the what back up to that, they finally did have a conversation, but Cheryl Underwood did not release what was in the conversation that, you know, her and Sharon Osborne had. So hopefully I don't want her to lose her job, but I do, I do want this to be a situation where Hollywood looks at you know, how they treat Black, I guess, uh, you know, people in Cheryl Underwood's position versus Cheryl Osborne's position for many, many years. So there we go. There we are. Got it, yeah. I know. So, all right, you know, I didn't do it the last uh, part of the conversation, but um, y'all know where to hit us up at on Facebook at the OG Podcast Show, um, on Instagram at the OG Podcast you can email us at the OG podcast show at yahoo.com. We're always open to your commentary and thoughts about these hot button topic issues um, that we're dealing with in America as we continue to fight injustice and, you know, the conversation with Kurt and Kirion and the Black family and just the daily struggles of, you know, uh, working, the, the daily struggles that we're working through as a society. Please hit us up with your comments and thoughts. We want to know what you're thinking. So, Oh, that was a lot to, uh, that was a lot to talk about. That's draining. But anywho, <laughs> what we are here for today, the main topic of discussion, dun, da, 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 dick and a headache, what the people have been waiting for. Uh, now you all can finally hear us talk about dick and a headache. You've had time to read the book. I've had time to read the book. I've actually read it twice. I read it on Kindle and I actually read my paper copy. So you know, I have questions, but I also want this to, you know, want this to be more of a discussion about the character and the character development and just the way that these characters are relatable to people that I personally know and how I saw myself in a, a lot of these characters. So if you want to give people some background and set up set us up correctly about Dick and a Headache, please be my guest, author Charlie Markall. Well, okay, so Dick and a Headache, it is set in COVID times um, because I felt like COVID, we had to wear a mask on the outside mm -hmm. in the world, but it forced us to take the mask off on the inside of our lives. Um, before COVID, if it wasn't good, you can shellac it, move on, act like it was okay, but pretend like it was normal. And then COVID came, struck, 
and you had to sit at home with these people that you pretended mm. like you loved or liked um, and you were forced to either A, make friendships continue to work because it's easy to say I got a friend when I can do lunch on, uh, you know, during the week and we can brunch and we can go to concerts and we can do festivals, go to Essence, girl trips. But see, now all of that had been taken and stripped mm -hmm. from us. And we were forced to look at ourselves, our lives, our relationships, our marriages, and our parenting um, firsthand. And so that's how Dick and a Headache came about. Um, the title shocks the shit mm -hmm. out of people. Um, but it really comes down to a lot of, as women, see, men really don't give up much. They kind of stay. If they say they not getting married to you, <laughs> guess what? Not chance that mm -hmm. they ain't going to marry you. You know, but for us, we shift, we move, we get rid of, we stop talking to, we ship off, we don't do them no more. And it all boils down to one damn thing, dick and a headache. Mm. So that was the premise of okay. the book. All right. So I have a lot of notes. Um, I feel like an old lady. I got it all highlighted in my little uh, tabs and everything. So there are the main characters of this book. You have Kelly James, Nia, Richard, and you have Ellery. I just love that pretty and then you have the daughter she's not really a main character but she is mentioned throughout the book Gracie Pooh which I thought was really cute and yeah. all these I have okay so I, I let me say this Kelly is a counselor who needed counseling that's kind of where I picked up big, big time, time right like she's painted as this like she's driving for the perfect life like she has the counseling. She has her house. You know, she goes in and I'm saying she because I, I'm like, okay, she's describing, you know, we get the description of how the house is set up and the intricateness and the decor and every just seems to have it so well put together. But behind this, right? We, we all, all know, know her though, girl. right? We oh, all God, know her. Like... We all know that girl, that well put mm -hmm. together girl who seems like on the outside, she has, right. her shit don't stink. It, she has it all together, the practice, mm -hmm. the this. I know several of those girls yes, personally. I know a lot life. of Kelly James. So everybody knows mm -hmm. a Kelly. Everybody knows Kelly right. Lattimore James. <laughs> um, Lattimore is her name. Yes, everybody knows. Everybody has a friend. Got a homegirl, a church member that is Kelly Lattimore James. That's the girl that, you know, when she walks in, you say, right. Man, what she got? How she got? Everybody know her. So what was the, okay. So in Dick and the Headache, what was the, your purpose for creating Kelly James character? You know, because I, when I'm reading this book, I'm like, Charlie could have went several different directions with the character build and character development, but it seemed like you took a very, you, you took your time with the type of characters that you needed to develop this book. So the storyline, so Kelly James in particular, cause I'm like, 
we could have had a homegirl, just could have been some lasses, some royal sisters, and we still could have had Dick and a headache. But in particular, Kelly James' mm-hmm. character, what was your thought process when you were like building who she was? And why why her for Dick and a headache? So because we think that that perfect mm-hmm. woman doesn't have okay. issues um, because of what they present to society. When in fact, just like Kirk, they are definitely dealing with their own demons mm-hmm. and struggles. Hence why they str- struggle so hard for right. perfection. They struggle for, for perfection in their life because something else on the backside is off mm-hmm. balance. And the world sees you got it going on, but you are dealing with some things that you really hope never come to the surface and when it does you try to like you know jump on Mm -hmm. it get ahead of it so you can control that narrative and so when I thought about Kelly James I thought about somebody that (laughs) can't when you lose when it starts unraveling Mm -hmm. your perfectism goes away and you become a regular old person. Okay. Okay. And so I wanted people to see that, yeah, we all strive for perfection, mm-hmm. but it's not perfection that we really want. It's excellence. Mm, okay. Because when you are striving for excellence, you learn from your right. You say, all right, what can I do better? Um, because no, it's nothing, it's no such thing in life as perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have a perfect house, but you know, some something's gonna go a pipe bust mm-hmm. during the winter storm. You know, you could think you have the perfect marriage, but you know, check his phone. Check <laughs> that. You know, and you will find out he's not as you know devoted to you, or he might be the perfect man, but his package and his pants Girl, is T nineteen. You know, or you think you got your kids in the perfect, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the perfect school, and then they can't even measure up to the requirements to stay ahead like there is no such thing as yes kelly reminds me kelly james character reminds me of a woman who was like an emotional project manager you know she's man like her husband was a project uh you know her life was a project creating this image that she wanted people to see was more of a project than being authentic to who she was on top of all of that you're trying to build this beautiful you, you're building a beautiful house of lies because when you read the story without me giving it away, you find out that Kelly James is not really who she says that she is. And who she says she is. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. revelation, and then it, it caught me because I'm like, but she still held no accountability to herself for the house of lies that she built. Like she was kind of surprised, like, why is this happening to me? And I'm reading the book. Right. Because I built this life of perfectism, right. right? And so when I build this perfect life, people like, this right. didn't happen to me. Well, why is this happening to me? I can we become the victim when we try to live in the yes. perfect estate, right? We become, you know, the victim yeah. instead of the victor. You know, we don't want to claim the victory. We want to be like, why? Yeah. I but you said I thought you were my friend you know we go into that you mm-hmm. know peach persuasion 
you know, I, yeah. I can't believe. Oh yeah. She definitely, you know? she definitely was so. like high key manipulate, manipulating that whole situation to a degree, but never realized that she was actually the villain in her own life. You know, how many times as, as people do we play the villain in our own story, but don't want to take accountability to how we got in the shit that we got in because of what we caused, you know, in our own narrative. A lot of issues that we have in our life, we don't have to go through them, but we place ourselves in situations to fuck our own life up. And that's one thing as, as people we don't want to take accountability Yeah, for. I mean, because I too was an orchestrator. She Kelly James is an orchestrator. Let me say that. She's an orchestrator, and I have been Kelly mm-hmm. James in my Damn. life, right? Um, um, because I have orchestrated what I wanted mm-hmm. to be in my life. I wanted this particular man. I, you know, so when I write from Kelly, it's a little bit from Charlie Marco's mm. background. Um, but it, I orchestrated my marriage. Mm-hmm. I wanted him, like I told you in the last episode. So I orchestrated to make sure that it would go my mm-hmm. way and so um the setup the weight the play the wedding game the wedding and the cuts you know so yeah we've all been that mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. so it's easy for me to write about okay. Kelly all right so I could I could stay on Kelly James but I also want to bring in the all the rest of the characters but I wanted to read an excerpt from the chapter taking my balls back I said all right then you better take your balls back with a Z you know that's how I put that colorful yes. spin on it you know because uh, I get a lot of text mm-hmm. about the title um, and I get a lot of text because it's a novella and people have asked like what is a novella it's a mm-hmm. short novel meaning mm-hmm. it's a quick read um, and so I wanted something quick and I will explain why um, when we c- keep talking about okay. it further but I wanted to show a, a little bit of, you know, because sometimes we think with that perfection, we get rid of that mm-hmm. hoodness and we have to take the balls. <laughs> yes, yes. Back. So it, mm-hmm. it was an excerpt that really stuck out for me. Men are predictable and creatures of habit. He was coming home later and pulling excuses from the black hole in the universe for his behavior his efforts didn't match up to a man that wanted his marriage anymore that brings in richard mr richard honey ultimate fuck nigga that's what i Oh, oh man. Richard, I know Richard, so Richard, Richard, Lord, the ultimate forbidden fruit as well. I said, "Oh, I know so many Richards. Richard. I know so many Richards." I think it was a. Let me say oh, this: it God. was a nod when you kind of brought in the fact that he had undealt with father issues, you know, which played to the narrative of why he is the way he is, and you know, in in just the build up between how Richard's story because I'm trying to talk about it without talking about because people really need to go get the book to understand how it all comes how it all comes together but Richard is a man that many women are familiar with so where did Richard's story Mm -hmm. line come from because I'm like oh Richard's not I was like oh yeah I used to date Richard (laughs) okay so Richard is that guy you know like I said we we have Mm -hmm. this list 
you know, women, we have this unspoken, unwritten, written in our Bible list of, you know, the kind of man that we see ourselves with. You know, Richard was that lover boy that, Listen, I at this age, at, at a certain age in my life, I did not actually want to lay down with you if w- there was a potential of having, call me shallow, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Um, if there was a potential of you being a father to my child, <laughs> I wanted my child mm-hmm. to look good. Okay. I didn't, <laughs> you know. So Richard is that specimen yeah. of a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. He will create beautiful okay. offspring. Um Oh, that's a that was an mm-hmm. inward in thought, internal thought mm-hmm. of me. Okay, call me shallow, but it is. Everybody know, see what my son <laughs> looks like. Hello, um, reality. Um, and so I, someone I write sometimes it comes from my my deepest okay. internal thoughts. But Richard is that guy that looks good. Like when you are with, you know, like when you see some couple, you say. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Yes. Like that, right. And but also again have not dealt with those issues. And they come forward usually in marriage. Mm-hmm. Let me say that issues are amplified times 20 when you have not dealt with those baggages, um, those suitcases, uh, those mm-hmm. duffel bags from previous hurt, pain, trauma, and it comes forward mm. in mm. Richard. So everything that glitters right. ain't gold. Um, we all have those people that we personally know that have Richards mm. in their lives. And so when I created Richard, I wanted to bring light to that. Everything that glitters ain't always gold. Yeah, he looks good, but he might look good to you, but is he good yeah. for you? Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. where, yeah, that's that's where I kind of came from that angle. Yeah, he looks good to you, but really, is he good for your long term or longevity? We kind of sometimes look at mm-hmm. the right now. And I have been that woman. I look at right now in versus mm. long term down the road. And so Richard satisfied yes. right now. So just to give the listeners a little preface, um, in the book, Kelly and Richard are married okay so when we're talking about these characters I'm gonna try to bring them Mm -hmm. continue to bring them all together so to make it make sense of the character build up in the book um Richard actually just a little sneak peek you know into the book when Kelly met Richard Richard was already married but Kelly James as you spoke about earlier had to have him because he fit her bill he fit, he fit the bill. He, he fit, fit the what bill. she was looking for or what she thought she wanted and was looking for in a husband-to-be. She had everything she wanted. Life was perfect. But at the time she met Richard, she did not have a husband. But she had been checking for Richard. Kelly had been checking for Richard for quite some time. And, Sometimes. and you know, mm-hmm. she felt like she mm-hmm. could give him what his wife at the time that had no name we don't need she didn't matter couldn't couldn't okay so uh-huh i got that i yes. got that from the bible because in the bible where you're not it is right it's, 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 that's why i think she doesn't <laughs> matter to the anyway because it's just she was a nobody but, um, yeah so i thought that that was a very interesting feeling so 
put a pin on Richard because I have to bring my girl Nia in. And I'm going to tell you why I like Nia. And I'm going to bring Ellery in. But Nia, to me, I wanted Nia is Richard's best friend in the book. And she's also Kelly's sorority. Is she her line? Yeah, her line sister in the book. Her line sister. And Mm -hmm. here we go. You know, something that stuck out to me when Nia actually put Kelly on game in the very beginning she was in so many words she was like that's not what you want to do girl <laughs> well she really she did she was like she don't did, do that right like she really was like mm-hmm. no like no like think about it because sometimes mm-hmm. our friends know but we don't want to mm-hmm. listen to that home girl she was like trying to put her on game without saying leave them yes alone you know, because she, I don't want to give it away either, but, you know, when you grow up, you, like, because somebody brought mm-hmm. up the key point, like, can men and women really be friends when a man mm. is married? And for that reason, I no. say mm-hmm. no, right? And I say many reasons why um, I support that, because sometimes that sister friend ain't right. really a sister friend. right. And and so, it near to was also, mm-hmm. you know, wait, because Richard always came for through mm-hmm. for her. And it feels good when you have that one yeah. guy that you can call on and he doesn't mm-hmm. treat you like the rest. Let me say that. That's what gives him the stand up, stand out. He doesn't treat you mm-hmm. like the rest. He actually yeah. sees you. And when somebody sees you, it's easy for Very you to true. love them. I would say this as a as a girl who has a woman who has a lot of male friends. I've said it before on the podcast. Um, I've ran into a situation similar to being Nia when I'm introduced to their women. A lot of times, um, I would say they try to do the Kelly James effect with me. Matter of fact, I had a homeboy who was dating. Uh, who was dating a woman who who was in the, who's in the same sorority as me? But my loyalty lied with my homeboy. I was just because we're sorority sisters. I'm not your friend. If something goes down between you and him, that's my boy. I've been knowing him far longer than I've known you. Even though me and you carry the same shield, you know. So I, I was kind of torn mm-hmm. with that because I'm like. This is not particularly because you mentioned like girl code. I'm like, this ain't really girl code because her loyalty was always to Richard. But a lot of times, women we try to believe that their friends are our Mm -hmm. friends, so we make their friends our friends, and we get upset when you know breakup happens or issues happen in, in you know us, and we expect their friends to be at our aid, even though they're nice and cool with us, and that never ever works. It never works. Mm-mm. And that was another layer I wanted to introduce being yes. a sorority mm. girl myself, right? And so a lot of people think, oh, when you are sorority girls, y'all all get along, y'all this, y'all that. It's no drama, it's no this. Right. And that so ain't true. true. <laughs> That's not true. And so sometimes your sorority oh, sister will back <laughs> know you. Like, the worst. I, yeah. And, and so I just wanted mm-hmm. to like shed light to that too. Like sometimes we think sisterhood mm-hmm. is always in the color, but as you can see, if you keep reading, that's no, not where the not. sisterhood no. comes from. 
you know, and, and, and so I just wanted to shed light to that as well, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, when you share the mm -hmm. same shield, the mm -hmm. same bond, the same, oh, you know, mm -hmm. this don't happen, honey, 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 <laughs> I've seen it, honey, yes. I have seen it, I have experienced mm -hmm. it, okay, I'm just gonna throw a pin right here, my ex-husband was Greek, his, the, her, the wife before me mm. is my sorority sister. So, yeah, I'm just gonna throw that pin right pin, honey. there. <laughs> so, so, all because it does, yeah. So, all because mm -hmm. you share the same bond, you know, it's like again, yes, you can have like, we throw it mm -hmm. away, like the mm -hmm. bond, mm -hmm. shit, you know, like what, you know. And so, I just wanted to shed light on that. So well. put a pen in Nia because we have to bring this all together. I wanted to jump back to Richard really quickly because Richard and Kelly James are going in the book. You are eloquently driving us, I would say, narrating us through this breakdown of their marriage. Like from page to page, you know, we we get a full argument and taking my balls back with um in you know, Kelly, she opens, matter of fact, chapter one with a prayer asking God to reveal the truth about her marriage. I call it the prayer of revelation. Every woman's been there. We have that woman's intuition. We know something is going on, but we want God. <laughs> ain't right. Okay. Ain't we right. Know it ain't right. Help me Holy today. Ghost. Holy Ghost. Reveal right. what his truth um, is, you know. <laughs> reveal and, and see you and I purposely opened that because we got to be very mm. careful when we use the word reveal mm -hmm. especially to God like when we say because see we pray Lord fix it Lord whatever you do da 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 but mm -hmm. see when you get mm -hmm. heavy laden and heartbroken and you feel it in your see God gave women his sixth sense very that true. men just don't understand mm -hmm. call intuition and when we feel it it's, it's something you don't have to tell right. me it's off. And so when we use that word reveal, we, we got to be very careful. Oh, all things will time, be revealed. We, every mm -hmm. time I have said reveal, Lord, reveal to me. You know, I have gone from mm -hmm. fix it, Lord, if you could. Mm -hmm. Lord, if you just make a way. Lord, if you could just. And when I say reveal, Baby, just like yes. the opening scene of that book, Oof. it's like the sky. It opens very, up. It, so it was shit, very by chapter two. It was popping. You know the the, the rain. <laughs> yeah, the, the rain. The sky okay. opening up is very metaphorical to the prayer because the the rain represents. Mm, okay, the I see what you did there. I the like that. Away. I see what you did there. But you know, this interest mm. is very interesting because we have Nia, who's the best friend. Richard in and out and then she's kind of I, I wouldn't even say she's really close to Kelly James but Nia plays her role very well and then you have Richard and Kelly we all know that you know we all, we all know, know that person right <laughs> Richard and Kelly are not getting along and it seems like you know throughout this time Richard felt like he wasn't respected by Kelly you know that she had this picture of who she wanted him to be versus accepting him for who he really was. And he was over it. And you know, when a man tells you, I'm done, like, I'm done, done. And the first sign, 
that I felt like it was very typical and I'm like, she really played this well was when a man is not into you anymore, he makes it impossible for you to stay. He pulls his energy back. And a lot of times they become silent, evasive. They don't really have much to say. They don't care. They don't argue with you. Like you pointed all that out like, oh, well, you know, he really was like, I don't give a damn. And then we have this breakdown finally. And when they move from another bedroom, when he moves that was to telling. another bedroom, mm-hmm. that's, that's telltale sign. Like that's telltale. Oh, I don't want to, you know, like as a man, being married, like I'm, I'm speaking also again from a point mm-hmm. of view that I personally know. Right. And so when you start moving into different bedrooms and it's yeah. not about like, oh, because he snore or da, 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 da. Like that is that space. The bedroom is where intimacy takes place. And I am one that believe that inti- intimacy is deeper. It, it has nothing not actually yeah. for me to do with sex. I, I have been intimate with men and we have never, I almost said, I almost said something very vulgar, but okay. we've never mm-hmm. penetrated each other. Let me say that. You know, we have just, laid there and had some heart to heart conversations when you are intimate you allow the 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 walls oh, to yeah. fall and you allow yourself mm-hmm. to be truly vulnerable and so when you say i'm living in a whole nother room you don't even want to be vulnerable with me you don't mm-hmm. want to let me into that space that that space that the world is guarded from but i can't mm. even come into Right. And so, you know, what it also put on display yeah. is those cold marriages. There are many people that live like Very that. Much sure. Believe it or not. Oh, girl, he lives oh, in another room. Or girl, I live mm-hmm. in another house. Or, but that's that space that you are adding. And so, like, if it really was something, if I'm having pillow talk, I love a good same. 4 a.m. good pillow talk. But that only happens when we're in mm-hmm. that same space, you know? And we're looking at the sky. We see the sun come up. We're like, man, we better go to sleep. But you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like I'm, I'm yes. into a whole nother world that nobody Same. else is invited to. So that was so awesome. I wanted to read sign. an excerpt um, from Richard because this really, I was like, oh, I have, we have to talk about this, honey. He stated to Kelly during the taking my balls chapter, they have this heated argument. Kelly is finally, because you know, I did not say. I left certain parts out of this because I want people to go read why they have an argument. What what's the you need to go get the book and find out why Richard and Kelly there is a very pertinent reason why they had this argument cuz Kelly found something and uh, something was left for Kelly. I would say that that is the premise to this argument, but you have to go get the book to find out what that is, okay? So, anywho, okay, okay. In here he says to her You've discounted my feelings, withheld sex, disrespected me, and gosh, don't you even get me started on the credit issues. Everything is about you, what you want and what you believe. I'm sick of being married out of convenience. Woo! I say, all right now. (laughs) I was like, married out of convenience. Married out of convenience, right? So, you know, finances are like one of the the number one reasons why people get uh, a divorce. But also some people stay married because Mm. it is convenient Mm. for Mm. them. Um, And and when you get tired of the facades and the looks and 
who says and what it looks like and you start going for your I see I, I was proud of Rich now regardless of what he does and where he goes but sometimes you got yes. to start taking your damn balls back even mm -hmm. with because you have been so passive right like there's a such thing as passive in your marriage and there's mm -hmm. a such thing as passive aggressive one was passive aggressive right. and one was passive and he is just past when you think of passive the right passive you're just passing by you know and so it was like okay i'm sick of this it, it's time for me to, to stand up mm -hmm. like for what i need right because in a marriage we go off of you know wants and needs but let me tell you your needs start for far yeah. outweighing yeah. your damn wants and so for Richard, I think that is why I put that conversation in there because I think he started to realize what he needed. Yes, and a man does. needs respect. And when he is not respected in his marriage for him, girl, mm -hmm. shit, it, it's, it's over. You know, like we need that love, but for them, they right. operate from respect. They do more when they know. Mm -hmm. And she never respected respect them. them. She liked the way that he looked with her and the image, but she never respected him. She actually really seems to me really didn't know her husband, you know, like who he was as a person, what his likes were. I mean, you could kind of really unpack that as just what that little stance that he said to her, like, basically, you don't know me, you know, you know me for who you want me to be, but I'm my own person, you know, and a lot of time women, we really do fall in love with a man's potential, thinking we can change him and make him be better by us being with him instead of accepting him for who he is, mm -hmm. you know, who he really is. Who he Men really don't change is. because they're that's with it. him. They, uh, they change because that's what they already had in line for what they wanted in their life, whether we're with them or not. We just happen to be, you know, if they do become better at sudden, you know, gain more financial, you know, stability or whatever it is, it's all because that's what they have for themselves prior to them meeting us. You know, that's just what it, what it really is. Listen, my daddy told me this one important thing about a man. He said, a left doesn't change spots. There you go. He changes just... locations. <laughs> he changes locations. And so just, you know, for a man, he, he he's not going to, mm -hmm. it's an eternal thing. You know, like he wants the, the location. What I think my father was trying to tell me is that he changes because he wants better. He right. wants to hunt for better, you know, he go, goes. But mm -hmm. as far as who he is, period, is who he is, period, with the character of his. Okay, school. now the last, yeah. last but not least, I yeah. wanted to bring in the eloquent mystery is the best friend of Miss Kelly James, the the true blue friend, as you call him, sis, the one that was strong on the girl code, ha has had her back, you know, uh, behind closed doors in public was her partner in crime, the private investigator, the Facebook looker, like Kelly, I'm saying Ellery was the down home best friend, the ride or die that every girl needs by her side. Every girl needs an Ellery on her team. Me too. Me I too. love Ellery, right? I love Ellery. Mm -hmm. uh, Ellery McIntosh is uh, that character. Um, I love Ellery because everybody yes. needs an Ellery in their life. Who doesn't want anything mm -hmm. in return but your friendship? Um, and I uh, created Ellery because every woman needs, like I say, the true blue um, by your side uh, through thick and thin, through whatever. Um, one part that I actually 
edited this part and changed it when she said that's you and she said I I, I don't want to bring mm, that up mm-hmm. about her past right because friends sometimes you know exactly say, well, mm-hmm. when you did this I didn't say that you, you know and she was like I just want to be here for you basically yes. just just tell me I could be of service to you you know and I think sometimes we just need that one girl in our clique to not mm-hmm. just judge us. Like sometimes friendship yes. can come off as judgy, right? That means that you're more of a mentor mm. um, versus my friend. My friend stands in the gap for me mm-hmm. when I can't stand up myself. And that's what Ellery was. Um, but Ellery also, as you will know and learn um, when you read that she also has some of her deep-seated ah, okay. things and she's a divorcee um but she also knows mm-hmm. that what heartbreak feels like and it just doesn't feel good and she didn't have mm. that person by her side mm-hmm. because her friends were married you know and so when you are going through that you know you need to have somebody that understands ah, okay this feeling okay Ellery you know she was the one that was there she knows the background between you know, Richard and Kelly, she was the one that actually, you know, went and looked up the information, you know, like I said, I'm not going to say, yeah, <laughs> the we got with that apps. friend with apps, girl. I got apps, every friend got, this. <laughs> listen, listen, I got apps, mm-hmm. okay, we all got that friend, mm-hmm. that's one of my damn good friends and my crew, mm-hmm. like, girl, like, let's look him up, girl, listen, he got bankruptcies, Hell no, nah, his credit score ain't good. Girl, I look, I don't find a family reunion pictures. Girl, look at what exactly. these people look like. Girl, you don't want to be married into this. We all got that friend yes. that that just ride like mm-hmm. low, full flat tires yeah. in the back of an alley. Like, okay, it, listen. And I just, I wanted to display that to give celebration friendship. to friendship. Mm-hmm. You got to celebrate your friends. Um, and so regardless of what we're going uh-huh. through, I think that's what make a damn good friend, you know? And so I wrote Ellery's character yes. to celebrate. Yes. I just loved friendship. Ellery's name and I just felt like her, you know, her position in Kelly's life and the way you, you know, kind of orchestrated her character in and Kelly calling her and they going to brunch on a Sunday. I said, that's so, that's so perfect because it's, it's so Houston in like, girl, we got to go to brunch and. Kelly's at brunch and she's so like out of it and Ellery mm-hmm. is just there supporting her and she's like okay girl look we're gonna look up this information we're gonna figure out who such and such is and just kind of putting the pieces together because even though Kelly is quite the villain of her story it's still a break a breakdown for her and when you are going through this you find out all this information it's still painful and when you're in that level of pain you kind of be in a daze you know trying to figure out right you don't even mm-hmm. know where to begin when you in that level of pain. You don't know where to begin. You don't know where to start. You are not even thinking right with a leveled head. And so I I also wrote that character mm-hmm. to show like when you can't think. That is sometimes so your friends gotta think for you. You know, and it's not like you know, it's just she started it exactly. and then she gave her the power to continue on. And so you know, it was like okay, listen, okay how many times we've had those friends in our life to say okay listen it's right right this this (laughs) right without having to be all in our business and just right girl i'm gonna give you the tools let me know where you need me to show up 
with you in this, okay? Like, I, I just feel like Ellery is the perfect friend because sometimes when you're going through something like Kelly is going through, sometimes your friends can be a little too much. You know, it's one thing to be my friend, <laughs> a little too much in my exactly. business. Exactly, exactly. And, and, I, and that's why I painted her as like a true blue because I actually had, listen, when we, I was mm-hmm. going through the divorce, I had three friends that said, I said, I need mm. help packing. They said, say no more. So ah, okay. that, that chapter was actually written from a real place um, as well. But it was like, say no more. And when they came over here, they didn't say, you want to keep this? Girl, you got this for the wedding, girl. They mm. said, tell me where, where to start. And he walked in here. He didn't know what to do because my friends helped me to start putting my place and my life back to together shout out to Pam I have to go and throw it out the shout out to Pam you know they came over here and and they Mm. was like hey listen what where we start hey come on that we're not gonna look at pictures hey I'm gonna get the wedding names what box you want me to put this in we're gonna put this in the garage they didn't they didn't Mm -hmm. go through let's go down memory lane remember this I you know because a friend is to help me pull over the hump when I can't. I need exactly. my stick in the mud as leverage at exactly. this point. I can't continue to be the stick in the mud. Exactly. You know, I love I need that. To use and it just as to leverage. make a little nod, you know, to the daughter Gracie Pooh, I would say there is quite the spin on that little Gracie Pooh character. When you, I was like, I'm not even going to mention it, but I just want people <laughs> to read this book. And, you know, I want to ask you, um, what do you want people, readers, to get from Dick and the Headache? Because we broke down the characters without giving away a lot of the, I just, I'm telling y'all, I just gave y'all a little bit of tea about the characters in the book. Because if I tell you everything, then there's no point of going to read the book. So I'm just giving you just enough to implore you to say, hmm, I got to check this out. So since what do you want the people to take away from Dick and the Headache, because I took away a whole lot from the book. Okay, well, I'm going to turn that question back (laughs) on you, but um, first Mm -hmm. and foremost, it's the first of the series. Um, Dick and the Headache is going to be a spinoff of Mm -hmm. each character, because everybody's like, I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. I felt like you left me hanging. I wanted more. Um, I am working on a series to break each and every character down by their own individual stories. So Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To see how they got to Dick and the Headache. Um, and so um, I wanted to take people on a a journey. Like I said, this COVID thing has allowed us to really sit down and come to grips with a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the divorce rates are up during this time. And um, I wanted women to walk away knowing, yeah, it might, you thought that your life was perfect, but really this season has caused us to take a deep look within ourselves and I'm just cheering women on when they can come from Mm. amongst those masks of perfection and learn Mm. to strive like I said for excellence so I wrote dick in a headache because a (laughs) sometimes it's all it is 
You know, we put so much yes, energy and effort mm-hmm. into this and fight and tears. I, every time I think about like my mm-hmm. life, like, what, okay, what is going on? You know, me arguing with this girl on you know, me want to like it all boiled down. And so, if we just really like take all of those layers off and start right. saying, what am right. I really doing this for? It, it was it, a dick that caused me a headache in the long run. <laughs> dick that caused, and instead of just work on that hard net hustle, you know what I'm saying? Work on that hard net hustle. But, you know, and so I just wanted to give light to just a subject mm-hmm. that we kind of like keep taboo. We, we we elevate we that woman, that perfect woman, where she is just as normal mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. all I like of us. Well, I would say this before. So, I what was your takeaway? I liked how you spent the end of it when um, Kelly shed basically the mask, the mask off, and stepped into who she truly is as a woman. I said that is the place that we all need to be after Dick and the headache. It's like our power, honoring who we truly are, and allowing you know ourselves to be free in in who we are as women. Because a lot of times we try to be who people want to try. Like you said, it's like she's trying to be this perfect, whatever. But really you start living when you step in just into being who you are as a woman and just allowing that to be your narrative. You who know, you are. do not allow yeah. people to paint the narrative for you. Paint your own yes. narrative, even if you have to continue to rewrite the narrative. It's true paint to who own, you are. And paint your own true narrative, right? Because we mm-hmm. all create these lives that we dream of, right? Um, and so it allows you yes. to step into your narrative authentically, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's where I am in my own personal life. Um, I'm stepping into this, you know, this space. Yeah. Of, this is who the fuck I am. I am Charlie Marcole. You can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing with you. I don't have to argue with you. I do not argue with people that can't even put <laughs> two, you know, a subject and a predicate together. Right. Let alone, you know, like so I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk into it this is. authentic space, it is mm-hmm. so freeing. It is freedom in that. And so at the end, what I was showing is mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay to start again, it, it basically, because what I really took away freedom from the book. I'm like, new I see my, I see Nia. I resonate with Nia because I do have a lot of male friends, and Nia was just kind of straight up with her about certain. I would say certain parts of Nia, like everything Nia was on. I was like, nah, because I don't, I don't sure did. But um, you know, with Ellery, you know, I'm a true blue friend to a lot of of homegirls of mine. I've been the girl you know looking up I've been the girl that that rolled with my partner roll with my bestie one time to go pull up on one of her dudes you know I'm just I'm down home with that and Kelly James you know just the feeling of marriage point of view but trying to have a perfect relationship and all of that I, I've been in this space in my life so I resonated with all of the characters not even days a few Richards but for me I took away like what I said about painting your own narrative and being, you know, true to who you are and also holding yourself accountable for when you're the villain in your own story. When you, when you recognize where you show up in your life in certain places, it's like, oh, okay, I didn't have to go this direction, but I did and what you learned from it. So 
I appreciated Dick and the Headache for various reasons. I took a lot of little nuggets from the book, and I I can't wait to see how these characters uh develop, especially Richard. I want to really get into like who are you, okay? <laughs> because we we got to kind of you know who are you. Everybody want to know yeah. who Richard is, but here's the killer thing: oh, you know Richard. You, you know what I'm saying? You all, oh, you know Richard. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. like, where is Richard's storyline coming from? You know, my mentor read it, and she was like, "I, yeah. I, I was wanting more," and I was like, mm-hmm. "Just, just wait. It's, 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 it's a reason why I was, you know, thinking differently." And, and listen, that was outside mm-hmm. of the box for me. I'm usually not a fictitious writer i am more of okay. a self mm-hmm. self-help um guru right when it comes to works but i am really starting to dabble and put my feet yeah, in the waters is. of fiction but there's a lot of truth in fiction you know and so i you know i'm just i'm loving it because it allows i am mm-hmm. a creative in my own way and so yeah. it allows yeah. me to just mm-hmm. go there it allows me to go there. Nothing is off limits, mm. you know, because I was thinking, could I make this plot even juicier? How can I make this plot even juicier? You know, yes. but I think when we go on these individual journeys, people will actually get us to in and say, ah, yes, makes Ellery, we don't know her background. She's just in the a world. best friend of the book. I know she has her own story and you told me some things, you know, as you, we talked about the dick and the headache, how you're going to develop Ellery's story. So I'm looking forward to this series and, you know, prayerfully uh, Hollywood will pick it up and it'll be a Netflix series, Amazon Prime, somebody, you know, HBO Max, one of these people, you know, Tyler Perry, somebody. Come on, put it in existence. Put it in existence, We need to bring this as a series or whatever, because this is better than a lot of shit that's actually on um TV that we watch. So I'm speaking into existence for you. And I just I keep saying this, but Listen. please, y'all, go get the book. It is a great read. It's a quick read, you know, for people who don't like to read long books. And it is so many, so many things that I did not say so that you will go read the book and pick up the different nuggets and things really about what happened in Dick and the Headache. It's some real shit that went down. Mm-hmm. Listen, and you say you like the name Ellery, and I met. So I'm one of those people when I meet people mm-hmm. in the airport and uh, you know different places. I actually oh, met a wow. lady on the plane, and her name was Ellery, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That is such a beautiful name." And I said to her, "I said I'm gonna put your name in a book," and I put it in the notes on my phone. I asked her, "How do you spell your name?" Yeah, prior to COVID, how do you spell right? Your name? You know, because you can don't even breathe. Now get on plane like don't say a damn thing to me, baby, because we ain't even in six feet, okay? Um, so please, please don't speak to me. But um, mm. I wrote her name down in the notes of my phone, and I fell in love with her name as well. Yes. And I just I felt like it was so girly girl. Never I heard of it. Before. I love that, and name. so I felt like it would be the perfect Tell the people um where they can find Dick and the Headache if they already have. I know you've been pumping it on, you know your your own social media page, and we've been pumping on OG page. But just randomly, if there's somebody new that's listening to the podcast and hasn't actually uh, went and looked already, where can they find Dick and the Headache? and your other books that you've written where can they find you 
They are all available on Amazon. Do me a favor. Go to Amazon.com <laughs> and that search box, you could put in Dick and Day Headache or Charlie Marco. When you put in Charlie Marco, the other books that I've authored or been a part of will come up. And leave but a review, people. Do that and it's exactly. on It'll be at your house like in a day. So there is no excuse and I am working on mm. some um, wind down conversations for people that yes. have read it so we can have those conversations in person since we're getting vaccinated Listen, and yeah. the mandate has been you know released so I'm looking forward and looking planning forward that to, to have that great old girl I'm looking forward to it so stay people tuned so review. you can be a part of that okay please leave a review reviews are, are how books get picked up okay uh, yeah leave a review reviews are so important please write a mm-hmm. review please reviews keep you relevant and not just Absolutely. for dick and a headache but for the og podcast mm-hmm. that is how we catch momentum and traction so please do it for both so what is the og dick code and of the week and um, the OG podcast. what if you were taking an og code from a dick and a headache what would be the og code Okay. I'm going to go with Carl Jones. (laughs) A leopard doesn't change his stripes. He changes locations. And if you keep that deep in your heart, it'll make all the sense in the world because a character of a person is the deepest innate thing that we have within us that speaks. Our character speaks before we even open our mouth. That's I guess that's another Mm -hmm. OG code. Your character speaks before you even open your mouth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, leopard it. don't change their stripes; they just change their <laughs> spots. Yeah, I got. We, you no, leopard don't have stripes. Leopard I got has spots. You. I got you. You know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. Rock with me, y'all. Oh, rock man. with me, y'all. This has been another fire episode. Stay tuned to the next episode. The OGs got we switching it up one time. We got some spicy for the fellas and the ladies coming up. I'm pretty excited about that. If you know where to find us at the OG Podcast Show on Facebook at the OG Podcast Show on Instagram and you can email us at the OG Podcast Show at yahoo.com we can't wait to hear from you please go get Dick in a Headache and like sis said leave a review on the OG page um, on iTunes or wherever for the podcast and please leave a review on Amazon so that her book can stay relevant and Tyler Perry and Oprah and them can pick her up okay because sis is headed to Hollywood we're putting that energy in the air until next time okay. y'all keep it OG Hey, we want to hear from you. Yes, we do. Give us your comments, feedback, and leave a voice message. All at the top of Anchor. All of the above. Or you can email us at theogpodcastshow at yahoo.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram yes. at the OG Podcast Show. OGs, baby. Peace out. <laughs>